the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Right, yeah, really. All right, let's do this Diamond Envy podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy, as always, brought to you by Cavens Construction. CavensConstruction.com, or you can give them a call, 405-573-3048. So here we go. Postseason is here and with a little more drama than maybe we anticipated. So let's get right to that major story coming out of the weekend. No Jordy Ball during the Big 12 tournament, and who knows when or even if she's going to be back this season. That's right, there is no guarantee that she pitches again this year. But let me say this, and this is without direct knowledge of the situation. Really, this is a feel based upon what I've seen from Jordy Ball this year. But I think if she's cleared and can play, I think that she's going to pitch. The only way, in my opinion, again, this isn't based off any information, but the only way Jordy isn't playing to me is if someone tells her that she can't. So, there's that. Uh, but I am skeptical that it's just soreness, that that's the issues that she's dealing with right now. Just being totally honest, I, I feel like there could be more to this situation uh, than is being led on. Um, but Patty did say this past weekend, and this is a direct quote coming out of, I think it was Friday's game, maybe against Iowa State. She said, quote, she's got enough soreness that we don't want to mess with that. We're just leaving it alone and taking it day to day. We will know by next weekend where she's at, but we're really not even picking up a ball or circling anything right now. We're just going to wait and see from doctors when it's time to check and see where everyone's at. So she's really doing nothing right now. She's not even picking up a ball. Doesn't sound like she's playing any light toss, any catch. I mean, she is effectively on the DL just kind of hanging out until, you know, next weekend. So clearly it's not the best sign moving forward for Jordy Ball. So we're just going to sit back basically this week and, and hope for the best. But here's the luxury of being the number one overall seed. Third time in four years, by the way. Not a big deal. But there's a flexibility a little bit with the draw that you get. Now, look, that is no slight whatsoever to Texas A&M, to Minnesota, or to Prairie View A&M. But I, I think OU can manage this weekend without Jordy. It won't be easy. It's the postseason. Got to play well. A&M's going to show up and play their best ball. So is Minnesota. So is Prairie View. But the tougher competition to a national championship, I think we can all agree here, is coming down the line. And let's hope by the time that time comes, Jordy Ball is back with the team. Because, you know, without Jordy, you don't just lose an arm. She's way more valuable than just an arm in the circle. You lose a whole attitude. And an attitude that this whole team feeds off of and one that I think intimidates a lot of opponents. But I'll also say this. I believe in Hope Troutwine. And if you've, been, if you've been listening to the podcast all year long, you know that I believe in Hope Troutwine. I believe in Nicole May. And maybe, just maybe, the worst thing that could have happened for everyone else in college softball was for OU to lose like they did on Saturday in the Big 12 championship game. Maybe there's a little bit more edge to this team after the loss. Maybe there's a little bit more urgency. I, I, I don't know, just a guess, but maybe there's a realization 
what the margin is and what they need to bring every single game. Again, maybe. But if I'm right, if I'm on to something here, watch out college softball. A refocused OU is a new challenge for everyone else in the game. But as far as the overall draw, I thought the draw was fine. Minnesota, you run-rolled them in March. Uh, Texas A&M struggled in the SEC, seemed like they barely got in the tournament. You should be okay this weekend, but again, you got to play well. And if you do, I think this team will take care of business if it plays good softball. UCF is an interesting team in the Supers if both teams win the regional. I'm not going to get super in-depth on UCF. That'll happen next week if that matchup even happens. But UCF's played some really good teams this year. Beat Georgia earlier in the year. Played Tennessee. Beat Texas. Lost to Florida State. Close loss to Florida. Three-game set against Virginia Tech. Played the Hokies tough. Won a game in that three-game set. Lost one nothing in that game one. So they played really good competition and competed. They're a good softball team. Good softball team. But again, just a kind of a quick peek on what's going on this week and the next. I, I know the, the big conversation is around Jordy Ball. And before we get to our guest this week, which... By the way, is G. Juarez. No big deal. Been trying to check uh, G down for a few months now, and finally we're able to. My best guess, and again, this is no sources or inside information on the manor. I think OU is keeping things very tight-lipped right now, understandably so. This is the biggest storyline to me going into regionals in the entire country. What's the availability of Jordy Ball? My best guess is this. She's not going to pitch in the regionals this weekend. They're going to let her rest, maybe see some doctors, who knows. I'm probably 30% chance that she pitches in the Super Regional. And again, I'll, I'll say it as I let off to, if she's able to play, I think that she's going to play. I, I don't think that that's going to be you know, a major deal in this whole situation. If Jordy can pitch, she'll be out there. I feel pretty confident in that. I think the next time we'll see Jordy Ball is in Oklahoma City at the Women's College World Series. Now, she may not be 100%. In Oklahoma City. She may be at 75 or 80%. I don't know. Again, this is all a guess. But I don't think that we're going to go the entire postseason without seeing her. I don't think it'll be this weekend. Kind of skeptical that it'd even be against UCF or Michigan or whoever you faced in the Supers. But I do think it could be in Oklahoma City. Now, it's a pretty wide range, right? I'm not so necessarily sure we'd see her in Game 1 or Game 2 of the Women's College World Series. It may be the latter stages of the WCWS if OU were to make it that far. But Jordy's a competitor. I don't have to tell any of you guys this. You all know how much of a competitor she is. She's one of the more ultimate competitors I've seen in the game of softball as just a true freshman. She's able to play. She will. And I believe at some point, if OU were to make it to semifinal or championship series, we will see Jordy Ball in some capacity. Um, which, hey... I I think this team can win a national championship without Jordy Ball, but let's not act like it's not going to be a whole lot tougher, because it will be. All right, speaking of uh, winning championships, here's someone that knows exactly what it takes to win in the postseason. Why? Well, because G. Juarez did exactly that last year. She knows what it takes. Let's hear from G. 
on Oklahoma and her amazing finish to her career last season. Giselle Juarez, we call her G around these parts. 2021 Women's College World Series Most Outstanding Player. And yes, I was hearing all of your requests for who should we have next on the podcast. And for three consecutive months since the podcast started, you wanted G. Juarez. We finally got her. So Giselle, welcome into Diamond Envy. Catch us up on what's going on for the former Women's College World Series Most Outstanding Player. Um, well, I'm excited to be able to be on this podcast. Um, I have, I just got engaged. I don't know if people saw that. Um, I got engaged last July, which is crazy to think about. That was almost a year ago and the world series was almost a year ago. Um, (laughs) so like I had that realization today when I was driving around town in Tucson, because that's where I'm living now. And I was like, wait how has it already almost been a year? Like I was watching the game. Uh, I was watching hope throw and everything. And I was like, wait, how has it already almost been a year? <laughs> um, but I've just been, um, I had knee surgery. Um, after I was done playing, I went and played in Japan last fall uh, for a little bit. And then I had to have surgery on my knee because I got injured over there. But now we're just doing physical therapy and trying to get back and see what if I'm going to play next year or what uh, my future softball-wise looks like. Okay. Um, I kind of want to start at the beginning with your story. You know, you initially, you go to Arizona State and, and you were really having a great career in Tempe. What was kind of the original reason why you wanted to transfer from Arizona State to OU? Um. When I was going, when I decided to transfer, I was very, like, uh, looking for, like, family, like, true, true family um, fan base and, like, just, like, program. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I, like, went on my visit to OU, that's all I saw was family. I didn't get showed. I'm not kidding when I say I think. I was at the field for like 20 minutes to take pictures. Um, and I really didn't see any of the facilities, but like coach Gasso, Sid Romero was my host and coach Rocha and like just all the players, like were so welcoming. I went to a football game and just like the environment was so different. Like I could feel it at the football game, like how much like OU as a program in a school is just so family-based and so it was really awesome like just to feel that and not I wasn't shown all the fancy trophies or anything like that it was really like showing me the real them um and so I think that was really authentic and something that I don't think I've ever seen before um so when I decided to go there it was just because like I felt so like it was home away from home and I was just going on a visit. And I think that's crazy to me to think about. Yeah. So Jessica Schultz said this, Destiny Martinez said this, they both said being California girls, you know, when they came out here, the thought of, you know, going to college in Oklahoma didn't really exist for them, you know, coming out of high school. So you yeah. coming from Arizona, had you ever been to Oklahoma before? And did um, you have the impression maybe like those two, like, no way I'm going to ever go to college in Oklahoma. No chance. Yeah, uh, same thing, same idea, uh, for sure. (laughs) I had never been to Oklahoma, so I played club ball in Alabama, and that's I'm going to go back and coach for my old club ball team in Alabama this summer. Um, So I had been on that side of the country, but Oklahoma, I was like, oh, like 
not really, no shot, whatever. Like, um, and then the first day I moved in, I'm not kidding, it snowed. That was like, it was in 2019, wow. it was in January, it was snowing. And I was like, nobody warned me that it snowed. I thought it was just windy here. Like, I had no idea. So I was definitely in for uh, awakening in Oklahoma and their weather. Well, the Women's College World Series last year, I mean, you were just, you were so outstanding. 5-0 and record, three complete games, one of them being a shutout, 38 strikeouts, just four runs allowed. I'm curious. How often do you think of not only the the day that you beat Florida State in game three, but how often do you think of just that entire week, that five game stretch for you? And when you do look back and reflect on that, what what exactly do you what do you, do you think? Um, I don't think about it too often. Um, I do have like this little trophy kind of case shelf type thing in my house. Um, and it's really cool to see the trophies and whatnot. And mm -hmm. I feel like just looking at the rings, I'm like, wow, I did that. Like it just, it still feels surreal. Like even like being like, nobody can take this away from me. Um, but when I think about that whole week and people ask like, cause I know I didn't have the best year overall. Um, not at least not the year I would have wanted, but I mean, I had the ending I wanted. So, yeah. but when I think about like the overall, like year, I don't know what changed um, other than wanting to do it for like even more than I had ever wanted to do it for my teammates. Um, and I think a part of that had to do with just the UCLA game. When I came in for Nicole May, I will never not say that. I think that was the turning point for me um, where I was just like, I just remember going out there and being like, I ha I got your back type of thing. And uh, just really, doing it for the other girls on the pitching staff because they had had my back all year long. And so I think when I think about that week, um, I think that was the turning point of the week and slash year. Um, but I do miss like, just when I watch them this year, I'm like, Oh, they're so good. And they're so amazing. Like I wish I could have one more year just to like feel that energy again. Like I love watching their huh. energy still. Yeah. So definitely miss it. So after that uh, initial James Madison loss, of course you had to win four straight and mm -hmm. you run roll Georgia. And then you just talked about that UCLA game being the turning point to you. I felt at the time that maybe that was the turning point in the entire tournament for the team. You said it's accurate to say that for you personally. Do you feel like, especially after that UCLA win, I think they were the number two overall seed, that not that this team didn't believe after the loss to James Madison, but was there a certain of level of momentum that happened after that late night game on a, I think it was a Saturday night. Did, did things really turn after that? I think so. Um, especially for the returners, like we had lost to them. Well, not the previous year because of COVID, but like in 2019, we had lost to them. So being able to like knock them out of the tournament and just like win that game for the returners, I think definitely helped elevate us. And I think when, we ended up beating James Madison um, in what was it, the semifinal. I think that was kind of like a turning point for uh, the rest of the girls who hadn't been there because it was like their vengeance and whatnot. And again, our motto, like uh, towards the end was we don't lose to anybody twice. Yeah. Um, and we did it. And so I think it's just really cool to like think about that whole week, but UCLA was definitely a turning point. I think at least for the, upperclassmen and the returners and then definitely a like fire starter for the ones who had it was their first time being there 
I, I'm, I'm sure you get asked this all the time you know, when, when people wonder about last year. And I know that you hinted to it a little bit, but you didn't pitch at all in that super regional against Washington. And then you turned into arguably the best version of yourself in Oklahoma City. Was there something in particular that happened between the Super Regional and that Women's College World Series? Um, can you point to anything or conversation with Patty Gasso, or is it just kind of like what you said? You knew it was your last run, and you you wanted to give it all for your teammates. Um, I think not pitching, I like kind of gave me more hunger. Like I just wanted to be out there. Like I remember not pitching, and I was upset, of course, but I also knew I needed to be a good teammate. And at the end of the day, that's what my goal was, was to, okay, if you get your time, like you go out there and have your teammates back. Um, but I think it made me hungrier. Um, and I remember going out and I think I texted Elam or Astrid the night before sun, like Sunday night after. And I was like, Hey, can we go pitch today? Cause we, I didn't pitch this weekend. So can we go pitch? And I think that day really just helped me get, everything together um mentally and physically and just like okay we're gonna take an extra day to pitch because we didn't pitch this weekend so we're gonna get extra time in the bullpen um and prepare for the world series so um it definitely drove my hunger to get back on on the mound for sure and then if my time came it was just me being prepared for whatever uh happened in whatever situation I was thrown in I think that's the best way I could look at it and the best light to also be a good teammate was to just be like hey you got to prepare for your moment and when it comes you know you're ready so what's it like being at the bottom of a dog pile after winning a national championship oh man it's surreal <laughs> it like it actually didn't hurt as much as I thought it was gonna um <laughs> It did, definitely was not as painful as I thought, um, but it was actually really fun. And then I kind of was looking at pictures and I noticed Kinsey Hansen's arm was like completely dead underneath me. And I was like, hey, thanks for <laughs> catching me when my fall. I didn't even feel it. So and I remember Grace Lyons being like, oh, yeah, I'm the one who pushed everybody down because nobody was pushing us down. And so I was like, oh, Grace. Uh, well, well, it's it, it's cool to hear that you're um, keeping up with this team as as much as you can. You're, you're saying that you watched the the uh, Friday game against Iowa State. OU moving on to the conference championship game. Just kind of your overall thoughts on this year because it's been really really exciting to watch this team. It's been so much fun. Yeah, it's been amazing. And then like to think about that Jordy Ball is only a freshman is absolutely terrifying. Um, at least I would be if I was on a different team anyways. Um, and I, like just watching Jada, Tiare, Nicole May, like that class, like just watch them like flourish just the way they have this year is just amazing to watch because I mean, last year they were good and this year they're even better. And like to be able to watch their careers uh, as they grow is so exciting and like, I love watching the pitching staff specifically. Like, yeah, the hitters, I know they're great. I faced them in practice. Yeah. Um, but to watch the pitching staff be as good as they are, um, and I feel like they don't get enough credit, um, but they're just absolutely killing it right now. And just to see that they're working together, they're so they're such different looks um, and how they complement each other is so awesome to see. Um, especially with two new faces in the circle and Nicole May having the World Series experience. I think she's going to be a really good leader 
um, within the pitching staff to help share the knowledge and everything that she has too. Yeah, I want to ask you about Nicole May individually, but first, uh, Jordy Ball and Hope Troutwine. Like you said, they're both having incredible years. I think they ha- both have a sub one ERA. Uh, I think Hope's maybe leading the country in ERA right now. She is. But yeah, Earlier but here it was point one seven. <laughs> Wow, it's crazy. And she threw another seven-inning shutout earlier today. They haven't played, though, in a Women's College World Series. That does not mean that they won't be great if the team makes it to Oklahoma City, but it is at least something. If you could offer some advice to both Jordy and Hope, if and when that time in Oklahoma City comes, what might you tell both of those pitchers? Um, Truthfully, to like take one good look at the crowd before each game, and then just zone in to what's in front of you. Um, I think at times the crowd can be overwhelming if you, you let it. And I know when I was there my first year uh, in 2018, it was very like, oh my gosh, I can hear everything. And then like being able to like focus in almost like a horse with like those blinders on um, would be my biggest advice. And just like, taking it in every moment, but also being able to like zone in when you're needed and just trusting your stuff when you get there. I thought Nicole May had a huge moment this past weekend against Oklahoma State. She comes, she starts the game, Hope comes in, and then Nicole comes back into the game. I think OU is up five to three, bases loaded, one out. She gets out of that jam with no more runs, and then she comes in and closes the seventh inning. I thought that was massive for her, just her overall confidence, Patty's confidence in her. And now Jordy's not going to pitch this weekend because of soreness. So we'll see what her availability is moving forward in regionals. Why do you think Nicole May – is maybe going to have the best postseason of her career? Because I, I feel like she's on the verge of that. Um, I have that same feeling of, like, she's going to peak right at the right time in postseason. Um, and I feel like there's all where, like, you're like, yep, this is it. This is time to flip my switch. And I feel like definitely OSU was it for Nicole May. Um and just like knowing she has the postseason experience and especially the World Series experience is going to help her elevate so much. And so I'm really excited to watch her and like see her do Nicole May things. I mean, when she <laughs> when I watched it, I was like ice in her veins. Like it's what she does against OSU. Um, so just watching her like shine this year has been really awesome to see. Yeah. Last question I have for you, and I know that this happened a couple months ago, so technically it's old news when it comes to this team, but it's such a great story that I've got to ask you about it. I, I mean, you can't script something like this. Jocelyn Allo going back to Hawaii to breaking the home run record. Uh, where were you the night that it happened, and what was just kind of your overall feeling for that special moment for her and this team, this program, and just kind of everyone involved with that? Um, I was actually in bed and I couldn't sleep that night because I knew they were playing. I knew they were playing and I was like, okay, I'm going to like, maybe it won't. I don't know. I was just like, okay. I kept going back and forth on the game because I was like, no, I need sleep. No, I want to see if it happens. And, um, so I ended up staying up super late to watch it. But like when I saw it happen, I almost like yelled but my fiance was sleeping and so I was like I can't yell um 
I was so happy. Like I almost started crying for her. Um, just because it was so exciting to know, like she earned every bit of it. And then the biggest thing I wanted to see, yes, the home run. Yeah. But I wanted to see her dad's reaction. Um, yeah. I know how much like he means to her and how much he's done for her and like help, like just helped her get to where she is. And knowing their relationship is so strong and I would have loved and given anything to see his reaction when he knew it was going out. Um, because I can't imagine like the look on his face or anything. Um, so to be able to like see that I would have done anything to see his reaction for sure. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Hey, by the way, uh, to all of you listeners out there, go support G Wara. She's got new merchandise for sale, Printforplayers.com. She's got shirts available. She's got hoodies available. She's got zip ups available. I got to say, Gee, I'm pretty impressed with the styles that you put out there. I'm digging the black T-shirt that you have uh, up for sale. I'm going to have to buy one, but you have a really cool little merchandise line that's out. Thanks. I'm really excited to be working with them. Um, It's actually really cool because I was kind of like trying to make my own, and then I got worried about like the demand of it, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this by myself. (laughs) Um, And just to see like, them take my ideas and like kind of run with it um and be open to like my ideas and whatnot has been really cool when it comes to like their design team um but yeah it just got released um i kind of was like shocked i didn't know for sure when it was getting released but i knew it was soon so i've been really excited to like have that and um definitely go buy some merchandise and tag me if you do get it because i want to see it um i'm trying to get I want to do one with the goggles because I feel like the goggles were, have just been my thing. And yes, I love like when little girls come up to me and they like, or their parents tell me stories about it. I just like my heart melts. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the lemon pledge, I'm like, maybe they should sponsor me. We brought it out in the middle of a game on ESPN. <laughs> um, so yeah. Printforplayers.com is where you can find uh, everything uh, G has, which is really, really cool. Uh, gee, thank you so much for doing this. Um, hopefully you can make it to Norman or Oklahoma City in the future, but best of luck moving forward. And I, I speak for everyone here that your legacy is always going to be secured in Norman. Not only what you did in Oklahoma City last year, but everything before that, the kind of person you are, how you went about everything. Um, you, you, are, you are definitely one of the favorites that we've seen here in a long time. And just want to offer you a belated congratulations on your career at OU. Ah, thank you so much. That means a ton. And I will yeah. forever be an OU fan and alum. And I hopefully one day will be back out there, uh, hopefully living out there. I would love it. Awesome stuff from G. She is, uh, she's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. The way that she just handled herself after all the adversity throughout her career and even last year. Yeah, maybe even last season leading up to the WCWS didn't go the way that she planned it, didn't go the way that anyone planned it. And she still stepped up when it mattered most and carried this team to a national championship. How could you not love Giselle Juarez? And uh, I mentioned the link for those T-shirts and hoodies that she's selling. Go support her. Go support her because she did so much for Oklahoma softball. All right, I want to tell you about our title sponsor, Cavens Construction. If you've got some emergency repairs, if you've got some mold in the house, if you got anything... Roofing-wise, I mean, anything with the house that needs fixed, uh, Cavens can help you out. Oklahoma City, if you're in the OKC metro area, give them a call, 
405-573-3048. Tulsa, they're here to serve you as well. 918-282-7612. They're even in Dallas. 945-230-0234. Gary and the team, they are lifelong. Well, at least Gary is a lifelong Normanite. Big supporter of OU Athletics, big supporter of OU Softball, and they do it all. Commercial maintenance, environmental work, 24-7 emergency repairs, roofing. They are your single vendor solution, I assure you of that. So go support Cavens because they support this podcast and, of course, the Oklahoma softball team. All right, no stat of the week from Terry Price. It's all good. He's got a lot going on today, so we'll catch up with him later this week. I know, I'm sad too, but we'll get a stat, I'm sure, later on this week from at OU Softball Home Run Tracker. Actually, it's at Sooner Price's OU Softball Home Run Tracker Twitter account. I'll give you a stat of the week. OU is the uh, number one overall seed for three out of the past four years. Does that work, huh? Terry would be proud of me for throwing out that stat, I'm sure. All right, I want to tell you about Dr. Amanda Sadler, another one of our sponsors here at the Diamond Envy Podcast. You want to feel better, have more energy, and optimize your health and wellness? Dr. Amanda Sadler at the new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with you to bridge the gap between fitness and functional medicine. For more information, call 405-515-4040. That's 405-515-4040. In Motion, because what moves you moves us Let's hear more from Dr. Amanda Sadler. Dr. Sadler, what's gait analysis and why is it important? So gait analysis is looking at how a person walks or runs, looking at their biomechanics. And so when it comes to an athlete, you know, some people don't consider themselves running, but essentially in any sport you do, there's some type of running involved. And so what, what I do is you can either use it for um, performance enhancement, so making your running form more efficient, or if you're having injuries, I can look at like from a biomechanical standpoint and make improvements to where you're less injury prone and we can get you over the hump of those injuries. Uh, in my clinic, I use a combination of things. I use video analysis. I also do a lot of um, just exercises and stretches beforehand to look at your stability, at your flexibility, at your what's called your mobility. And then I use a motorless treadmill. So you essentially become the motor. And so that really lets me see any flaws or deficits in um, your stride, which is um, what's considered your, um, your, when you're running your stride is if a left leg and a right leg goes, that's a stride cycle. And so just making sure that you're balanced. And um, so a lot of lot goes into it. And then what goes home with the patient is some tips on what they can do to practice on their form, some stretching, some strengthening exercises, and just really get them running as fast and efficiently as possible. So don't freak out. And don't think that Saturday's loss to Oklahoma State has to be some sort of an omen that now they're not going to win the national championship. Those two things aren't linked. They're not. Oh, you can very much still lose the Big 12 championship, Big 12 tournament championship game and go on and win the national championship. Because you know who else did that? Well, let's let 2000 national champion Macy Wilson Turley tell you who did exactly that to win a national championship. Check this out. Hey, Sooner Nation, this is Macy Wilson-Turley, member of the 2000 National Championship softball team. Guess what? We're still Big 12 champs, baby. (laughs) It's right. 
don't listen to Oklahoma State's hype and what they're putting out through the media that they are the Big 12 champions. They're not. They're the Big 12 tournament champions. Oklahoma solidified their championship when they beat OSU in the three-game series last weekend. In fact, they even celebrated it on Saturday when they were awarded the Toilet Bowl trophy for the Big 12. OSU is the tournament champions, not the Big 12 champions, okay? So, okay, I'm glad we've got that cleared up. And don't come at me saying that, well, then that means that OSU should be the football champions, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear it. It's You're comparing apples to oranges. Football doesn't have a tournament. This is a dumb conversation. So even if you uh, didn't even know it was a thing, don't make it a thing because <laughs> it's not an argument worth having. Anyway, I want to remind everyone that, um, and I just put this on on Twitter the other day, our 2000 team it took the same exact path. The, the team this year is taking the exact same path that we took in 2000. So we won the regular season Big 12 championship. We did the same thing. We got the Toilet Bowl trophy ourselves. Isn't that a lovely name for a trophy, by the way? <laughs> so we won that, and then we go and we lost the Big 12 tournament to Nebraska. So what's crazy to me is the way that this tournament is even set up. So um, this is the only tournament in softball that is a single elimination tournament. So normally when you have a tournament, it'd be at least a double elimination tournament or um, like with the national championship, you've got basically two different tournaments going on. The winner of those tournaments meet for a three game series. So they're these very in-depth tournaments. And I'm not saying this to say, um, to take anything away from Oklahoma State. They played a great tournament. They had a great championship game, um, took it to extra innings. Um, they, they fought, they won. So they absolutely deserve that. Um, and I'm also not saying that to give our team any excuses for not winning it. Obviously, they set out their goal was to win that game. It was to win the, the championship, to win that tournament. And they came up short with it. So, um, But we're still in a good position. What it doesn't do is it doesn't hurt us. Coach Gasso even said, like, this was a great opportunity for these girls. They got to to face some major adversity. They got to um, really have to battle. And she saw uh, some of the pressure really coming onto the girls who had just hit. Like um, they were really, really upset with some at-bats that they had. And she even recognized that, hey, um, coming in with that type of frustration into the dugout is is not their motto. It's it's not the, the plan that they have set forth for this team. And to be able to put the ball in the hands of Hope Troutwine and Nicole May and in these these very, very big games, they haven't had these opportunities yet. So those opportunities are invaluable to this team. So they may have came up short in the tournament, but it's really giving them um, a better motivation for the the games to come and it's giving them more experience where that's exactly what they need. We don't know where we are with Jordy ball right now. Um, is she going to be able to play? Is she going to be at a hundred percent? We don't know, but we do know what we do have and we're going to move forward, um, putting our best fit forward and our best players in the right positions to make them the most successful. And that's, that's all that we can do right now, but they're in a great spot. They've, they're hosting their regional and they're excited. Um, their goals remain the same. They're going to, to win the regional their goal is to win the super regional make it to the world series and to win the world series and they're still 
firmly on that track to, um, to realize all of those goals. So I'm excited for them. It's, um, they're obviously, they've been so much fun to watch and support. Um, hopefully everybody can make it out to the regionals and, um, we can have a great weekend and, and help them on their journey to, um, hashtag achieve their, uh, hashtag championship mindset. So until we talk again, Sooner Nation, I appreciate you guys. Boomer Sooner. Bye. There you go. Well said. You don't have to tweet out our state, our conference to win a national championship. Those two things aren't linked, like I said. So great perspective there from Macy because, well, she lived it before and was able to claim the ultimate prize. But yeah, that tweet, our state, our conference by Oklahoma State. Uh, I would be interested to see what the recent series record looks like between the two teams, but that's fine. Congratulations to Oklahoma State. But I, I do hope OU sees them again in Oklahoma City. Do not get me wrong. Because I'm going to go ahead and bet the result is very similar to how the majority of the games have gone uh, in the past, you know, since they've been playing the thing. Just a feeling. Uh, but this is it. Best time of the year, postseason. And if no Jordy Ball, yes, I think this team can still win a national championship. I do. Going to be a lot tougher. The margin for error is a lot slimmer. A lot but they can with the offense that OU has. It's what we got to remember. Got to remember, you still got T.R.A. Jennings. You still got Jocelyn Allo. You still got Grace Lyons. You still have Jada Coleman. Uh, am I going to really sit here and name off all the roster? You know the players that play for OU softball, but the point is this offense can carry them to a national championship. It can. And in the circle, this team is still really good without Jordy Ball. So this is it. High stakes, and let's hope this team finds a way to play their best softball here now that a regional is upon us. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Diamond Envy. As always, thank you to Cavens Construction. Thank you to Dr. Amanda Sadler, two-time graduate at the University of Oklahoma. Thank you to Terry Price of the OU Softball Home Run Tracker Twitter account. Thank you to Macy Wilson-Turley, 2000 National Champion. And thank you to you. You continue to interact on social media. You continue to give us five stars. Sincerely, I appreciate it, and I know everyone involved in the podcast appreciates it as well. We'll talk to you later this week, right before the regional action gets underway in Norman. Woo! Best time of the year. Let's go big-time college softball. Good luck beating Oklahoma uh, two times, by the way, in a double elimination format. All right, we'll talk to you later this week. It is the Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. <laughs>